I'm Danny Stover, and this is Today in TO, a podcast that takes a look at the biggest stories in the city and connects the dots on what's going on. On today's episode, you'll hear about the most unexpected Toronto thing to have ever happened. Um, to me, personally. And then we're going to dig into something that unfortunately is also very Toronto, but this happens every year around this time, and so I'm not surprised at all only confused and slightly aggravated. Plus, join us on a stroll through Scarborough's Guild Park and Gardens. I don't know if you know this, but it's packed with cool Toronto relics. That's all coming up on Today in T.O. Hello, how are you? Did you get to enjoy some much-deserved time off? Did you spend that time with family and friends? Did you have a happy holiday and a fun new year? Well, that's nice. You know, it's good to be back, but I will warn you, I'm in a weird place. Not weird bad, just weird weird. But in order to explain the weird, I gotta take you back to the last time I was out in public, December 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. I found myself in the lowest, lower level of the bay, inside of the Eaton Center. Oh, but while I have you here, and while we're on the topic of the mall basement, Old Navy will be closing that location as well as their Markville Shopping Center location in just a matter of weeks. Something about evaluating their real estate portfolios, I guess it's better value for them to close two at once, kind of like a BOGO thing. But back to the Bay, which, as far as I know, isn't going anywhere just yet. But I'm down there amongst displays of toys waiting to be snatched up by that last-minute shopper, mounds of towels and plush bedspreads, and a sad cafe that looks like, at one time, it was bumping. Anyway, who do I see holding two big bags, standing, listlessly looking around, I assume waiting for someone to finish up their shopping? Who do I see but former Toronto mayor? Mr. John Tory. I didn't go up to him. What the hell would I even say? That I host a podcast he might enjoy? No. This was simply a spotting in the basement of the bay at the Eaton Center. But it was weird. Perhaps an omen of sorts. Because back on the surface, outside of the mall, it was a completely different energy. Folks were starting to gather for the No Christmas as Usual rally to protest against the ongoing violence against Palestinians in Gaza, which two weeks later is still very much happening. The violence, that is, at the hands of the Israeli government and the other nations that have been supporting the conflict. The most recent numbers, according to the Palestinian Ministry of Health and reported by CNN, more than 22,800 have been killed in the past three months. That's one in 100 people. More than 5,300 of the dead are women, more than 9,000 children. When it comes to injuries, more than 58,000 have been injured, which means more than one in 40 in Gaza 
have now been wounded in the war. And I'm not even sure I would call it a war at this point, maybe legislated terrorism, a genocide. The international organization Save the Children have said that more than 10 children on average have lost one or both of their legs every day in Gaza since October. Injured people in Gaza are being brought to hospitals by horse. Journalists are being murdered. There is a severe shortage of aid, food, and clean water. The civilian casualty rate of this conflict is higher than the average rate of all the conflicts around the world during the 20th century, according to the latest petition to the Canadian government, which you can sign right now. It's calling for a two-way embargo on arms between Canada and Israel, investigating whether Canadian weapons or components have been used against Palestinian civilians in the occupied territories and to close loopholes that allow for unregulated and unreported transfer of military goods to Israel through the United States. Here in Toronto, a lot of folks in the media seem to think that blocking an intersection or a bridge or a skating rink is terrible behavior. And sure, I've seen some terrible behavior. And if you know me at all, then you should know that, of course, I don't support the violence or displays of anti-Semitism. I shouldn't even have to say that. But if you're outraged that, I don't know, police brought coffee to protesters as though that's the worst thing that could ever happen, then I encourage you to follow some of the journalists reporting from Gaza right now while you still can. The Toronto protest I attended on December 23rd, from what I could see, was very well attended and very well organized. The whole point of a protest is to disrupt, to resist, to inform, and to take back power at a time where many feel powerless. Again, I will say, I don't condone violence or aggressive tactics, which is exactly why I'm telling you all of this. I want it to stop. And by it, I mean the killing and displacement of innocent civilians in Gaza. Now, after the protest and after my Tory spotting, I came back home to prepare for a big week of festivities. But then something happened. A few hours into our quiet evening at home before the 8,431 things that we had planned, my husband tests positive for COVID. And it was only a matter of time before it got me to. Christmas was in fact canceled for me. And I have spent the past two weeks testing positive and feeling like total garbage. I still feel and sound kind of rough, if you couldn't tell, but I am pleased to announce that I am no longer putting up the double line. And I'm finally starting to feel like myself again. I should add, I was up to date on all my pricks. And even though it was heartbreaking to miss out on all the fun, I know it's a privilege to be sick in your own safe little apartment while having time off from work so that you can be disgusting and feel sorry for yourself and watch Deadwood in peace. Okay, it's a new year, which means a new Toronto budget. It also means that the Toronto Police Services need to get out there and convince you that crime is so bad right now, 
It's never been this bad before. And the only way to stop it is by increasing the police budget yet again. Why is it that the police budget goes up and up and up every single year? And yet every single year around this time, we're told that more is desperately needed and your safety is at risk. On the way, you'll hear what the police are asking for this year and why they'll probably get it again. Do you know what happens every year around this time? Well, a few things, but one, we're gearing up to budget time for the city of Toronto. And there are three subcategories, the operating budget, which covers the day-to-day stuff, recreation programs, parks, maintenance, transit, public health, roads, police, and other emergency services. We'll get back to that in a moment. And approximately 32% of the funds for this come from property taxes. And just this week, Budget Chief Councillor Shelley Carroll warned that a substantial property tax increase will be on the table to help with the city's flailing finances. And just to put that into perspective, last year, John Tory raised property taxes by 5.5%, with an additional 1.5% dedicated to the capital budgets, building levy. That was the single largest property tax increase in Toronto since amalgamation in 1999. Things have gotten way more expensive since then. Now, another subcategory is the capital budget, which I mentioned. And this is for building and infrastructure. This would be paid for out of reserves, development charges, or other orders of government and through borrowing funds. Now, the other orders of government could be this new Toronto deal that was inked with the province. And the final subcategory is rate-supported programs. Now, these would be solid waste management services, the Toronto Parking Authority, and Toronto Water. And these are funded through user fees. I'm going to focus on the operating budget here, and that's because it includes the police. And this is the piece of the pie that without fail, no matter what's going on in the city or the world, this portion of the budget gets very little pushback. And they don't even need to share the details of what the money will be spent on, where other services need to be more accountable, specific, and transparent. But without fail, every year around this time, stories start to infiltrate the news, scary stats are shared, all painting a picture that despite the fact that police in Toronto do see massive budget increases every year, they're unable to get a handle on it? How does both the money needed to reduce crime and the actual crime both increase year after year after year? Now, the Toronto Police Services says its proposed net operating budget for 2024 is $1.186 billion. This is a $20 million increase over last year. Now, they do say that this money will allow them to hire 300 new uniformed officers by the end of the year and will help improve 911 response times and hire about 100 new staff for civilian roles. Now, the stats making the rounds, there's been a surge in auto thefts. In 2023, Toronto police data revealed the largest total of major crime incidents in a decade. But remember, the province 
earmarked money for this, $18 million for police forces across Ontario to fight the rise in auto thefts. Now, I'll share with you some positive numbers. Fewer people in Toronto were victims of a shooting. 169 people were killed or injured, and this represents the lowest recorded in a single year since 2015. And even as the population grows, homicides have not increased or decreased. 73 people in Toronto died by homicide or femicide. Still a high number? That we can agree on. But here's my main issue. Dave Perry is a former Toronto police detective and founder of the Investigative Solutions Network. A lot of this has to do with, um, you know, the, the drug craze and the homelessness that has taken over all of our communities across the country. And, and that's where a lot of that violence is coming from. So that's, for me, even as a citizen, that's what concerns me. I think most people, if you ask them, they don't feel as safe today, regardless of what the crime stats talk about in terms of murder, murders and shootings. And I think that this uh, this pattern will probably have a shelf life. And I think it'll probably this year, if, if not by next year, it'll be right back where it was or perhaps even worse. OK, so he says it right off the top. A lot of this crime is due to issues with homelessness and addiction. And you know what's not going to help people suffering from addiction or experiencing homelessness? 300 more uniformed police officers. What will help? is access to more robust services, services to help people find and keep housing, wraparound services for employment, mental health supports. Anyway, as far as the budget goes, you can take part in the process. The budget committee will be launched today, January 10th. There will be time for review and input. Mayor Olivia Chow will get a crack at it on February 1st, and then City Council will consider it for 30 days. And then, approved pending anything truly wild happening. And (laughs) never say never. Remember what happened just before the budget approval last year? We got ourselves a spicy staffer scandal. Now, look, I really need to clear my head. Perhaps I'll take a stroll around the Guild in Scarborough and look at some of the old Toronto relics that are kept there. With more on that, here's producer Glenn Bergonier. And think about it, when you hear the terms relics, or outdoor Greek theater, or even ancient ruins, you're probably thinking, yeah, somewhere in the Mediterranean, most likely Greece. But that's just another reason Toronto is just such an amazing place, because we actually have all of those things at the Guild Park and Gardens, which is tucked away at the Scarborough Bluffs. Now, before it became the home to relics of the past, it started out as the Guild Inn back in 1914, and was surrounded by over 400 acres of beautiful woods and gardens. Its original owner was a Colonel Harold C. Bickford, and he was a highly decorated Canadian veteran. The land was sold after to Rosa and Spencer Clark in the early 1930s, who made it a haven for the arts community at the time, and honestly a very appropriate name, called it the Guild of All Arts, Colony, and Inn. It's a great name, right? But. Once the Second World War broke out, the Canadian government requisitioned the land to use as a training base for the Women's Royal Naval Service, with the inn also doubling as a hospital for soldiers who were suffering from shell shock and other combat-related stress. The Clarks regained control of the property in 1947 following the war and kept it in their family for over three decades, and that includes the functional hotel, until it was purchased by the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority in 1978 with Spencer Clark retaining control of the hotel on location 
until 2022. So let's jump back to those relics because I know that's what drew you in. The city chose to erect and make publicly available historic pieces of architecture that composed what Toronto was, is, and will be. Some ideas date back almost 200 years, like the original stone steps of the Osgood Hall, which date back to 1829. And some of the other big features, including the one I mentioned earlier, would be the outdoor Greek theater, which is actually made up of remnants of the old Bank of Toronto columns and arches that made up its entranceway, which also date back to 1912. So if you're ever trying to find that perfect combination of strolling through Toronto's memory lane, taking in over 50 hectares of public park, which is covered in gardens and forests, and a bunch of relics that look like they belong scattered throughout the Roman Colosseum, well, the Guild Park and Gardens has it all. Hey, who are you calling a relic? In all seriousness, I love the guild. It kind of reminds me of my grandparents who died. Oh boy. This podcast is brought to you by 640 Toronto and features audio from shows across the Chorus Entertainment Network. I'm Danny Stover. Today in TO is produced by me, Glenn Bergonier, and David Spargala. Chris Dunner and Andrew Dernford are advisors to the show. Join me again next Wednesday, where this week I talked about things I didn't really want to talk about. Next week, it's all about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, drag. And in my opinion, the scene here in Toronto is second to none. So have a great week and we'll chat again soon. Bye for now.